Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So welcome back. It is the second hour of the program on a Wellness Wednesday. That's right. It's a work from home Wednesday. (laughs) Well, uh, and it's the last Wednesday, the last show, the last show for the year for Coach K and I in the afternoons, doing some brekkie over the next couple of weeks and then heading away. So uh, we'll get to our our thank yous and all that a little bit later on in the program. So we're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. There's someone we've got to thank, Alex and the team, Uh, SBS fence.com.au portable toilet and temporary fence hire in sydney so the listeners up there at senq 693 am in brizzy senq 1170 am in sydney download the sen app you can listen in warsaw or wherever it is that you're traveling around the globe during the course of these summer holidays uh, wherever it is you get your podcast might be spotify apple wherever just search for afternoons with jimmy smith michael chamis senior sports reporter for the city morning herald was our special guest as we sifted through the rubble after a dramatic day in the history of the West Tigers, board deposed, chairman ousted, the CEO resigns, and maybe hope restored for West Tigers supporters. We'll have more on that a little bit later on this hour with former Western Suburbs coach of the century and respected journalist Roy Masters. We'll get an afternoon's Amplified with Coach K. We'll get the text line going, 0457-736-736. You can give us a call as well on one three hundred. 1170 but right now our special guest MC and host and a man you're going to hear a whole lot more of uh, across SEN is Glenn Hawk and he's in the studio g'day Glenn Jimmy Smith good afternoon great to be here yeah great to have you here too mate all right all right I know we were going to oh, we'll, do, we'll talk cricket we've got the test match coming up we've got the BBL game however however much to the displeasure of the great KJO Coop we're talking <laughs> Rugby League about the West Tigers and their decision to oust the entire board. Um, your point of view, mate, and you've been around footy clubs a lot. What's what's your first take on it? Oh, well, I think my first take is that um, the West Tigers just continue to be the gift that keeps on giving. Where here we are, mid December, and and still rugby leagues dominating the uh, the the agenda. But um, look, I suppose at the end of the day, Jim, is that you know you can't keep doing the same thing and accepting and expecting different results the west tigers results haven't been there over the last couple of years on the field albeit there there would be an argument that off the field that they've done some pretty good things financially with the center of excellence and whatnot but but change yep. needed to be had uh i know lee had tell us uh, had his concerns this morning and overnight about the way the holman group had, had sort of pulled the trigger on it but at the end of the day the, the change had to happen and I don't think there was any way around it um you know I, I know I've got to know Lee uh, a little bit over the last couple of years I think his his heart is definitely in the right place he's a, he's a very good man but at the end of the end of the day the Holman group had to make the change and, and unfortunately he was um him Justin and the and crew were, were going to be the four guys yeah, so it's a really challenging one for SEN, just to put it in context. Yeah. And I know Lee Hatcher-Bentelis was on the radio show this morning with Fossey and, and Missile, and he's the major sponsor, and Brighton's lawyers are the major yeah. sponsor of that program. So, you know, and and my connection with Lee is that I was uh, the person who introduced Brighton's lawyers to SEN. So, mm. and that that's that relationship. And and as you say, I think he's a very decent man. I think that it, it, there were there were things that just got out of hand, right? And, and I think people were in positions of which they weren't capable of, of fulfilling their role. They needed um, further help on that. Um, 
And as we've come to learn, I don't think even over the last couple of days, Glenn, but certainly over the, the period of time, it's a dysfunctional board. The, bo- the board does not have the skill set that's been able to operate at the elite level. And, and what you get out of that is wooden spoon after wooden spoon. And if you're going to make changes like this, you can't dabble. You know, they have to make Correct. big changes. Uh, put the broom through the place and start again. I, I think the appointment of, of Shane Richardson is an outstanding one. And, and I know that um, through uh, Julian's show earlier today, there's plenty of chat about that. They had the, the press conference, which was which was outstanding. It was, it was classic Richo on the front foot. Um, but I think, uh, you know, he will affect change. He's, a, he's an old school operator. He's been around a long time. He's had a lot of success. I, I can assure you, I know plenty of people who've worked with... Um, with Richo at Souths and he will come through the place like a cyclone. And uh, there might be a few people who might not, might not know what's going to hit them when, uh, when Richo comes in, but it will come from the right place because Richo has been incredibly successful over the last 30 years. Uh, he's a winner. He knows what it takes to win and he will have those expectations on the people around him. What reputational harm could Richo do to himself at this point with this appointment? I don't think he's going to actually... I think the only way is up. And I think that's the way he spoke about it today. You know, he spoke in the press conference that, or someone asked him, is this the biggest challenge? Well, no, Souths was the biggest challenge that he yeah. had. It was coming off a lot, um, you know, it was coming from a lot longer run up in that one than what he is here. There's a lot of good around him at the West Tigers. I think some new faces, some new direction and some new leadership is what, what could make some big changes there. And I think Richo will be, will be great. Interesting. He's only going to be initially at six months which really at this point doesn't take you through a full season. I, I think Richo probably needs to be there at least for 12 months to, to get through that full cycle. And maybe towards the back end of that 12 months there, they make that appointment and there becomes a, a transitional period for, for whoever this new CEO may be. But I, I think he needs to be in the chair for at least 12 months to get, get uh, to affect some change and to get the, get the place in the right path. Uh, okay. So it was a bit of a leading question on that one. Cause he, he, he can come out of this completely unscathed. If yeah. they advance a three spots on the ladder, it's like, look, we are making progress. If they stay rooted to the bottom of the table with the wooden spoon, it's like, well, not even I could fix it. Mm. You know, so so there's that part of it too. The other part that's interesting too, and Shane Richardson will be the special guest of sports today. Jace Matthews and Scott Sattler will have him on the program tonight. So that will be an interesting listen. And, and the other part about it is what impact does this have on the Brisbane Tigers and their NRL bid. So does that go on the back burner? Does it continue without Shane Richardson? That'd be an interesting one, Glenn. Yeah, very much so. And, and you can't really have you know, foot in both camps at this stage. No. Um, two very different roles, but maybe that's why he's only put himself, put his hand up for six months at the moment because he, maybe he wants to go um, wants to go back there as well. I think he's been doing some a bit of work still with Souths as well over the years. So maybe that, that will, well, not maybe, that, that will have to take a a backseat as well. He'll have to go in all in this West Tigers for this this initial six months and then see what happens. Maybe the, who knows what's going to happen with expansion. Maybe it's going to be PNG almost locked and loaded anyway. So yeah, it's, it's look, it's really, it's fascinating times for, and no doubt very exciting times for West Tigers fans as well. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what you've got to, um, you've got to think that um, the best is yet to come. I think the best thing to come from yesterday's events at West Tigers is that things that should remain confidential within the club will finally remain confidential, says 588. So I don't know if that's a swipe at Justin Pascoe or Lee Hatchman-Tellis or, or both of them. But anyway, everyone's venting a little bit on the text line today. And, Glenn, that, so. and that's a really good point, Jimmy. And, and we've heard about, I heard Michelle Bishop yesterday with, um, with Joel talking about, you know, her, one of the journalists who, 
probably benefited from the uh, the leaks that have come out of the West Tigers camp. But when you when you when you talk about leaks in in rugby league clubs, mm. I, I don't think in my time that I can remember any leaks coming out of the South Sydney board or out of the South Sydney club. And and I'm really confident that that sort of that sort of stuff is that you know, Richo was around in those times and when they rebuilt that club. I think a lot of that stuff will be shut down with him yeah. at the helm. Uh, the problem with that too is it impacts your impartiality as a journalist, right? So the journalist's currency is information. So course, information. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm getting information from this person, but now I've got some other information about that person from whom I'm getting the information. Mm. And does that? Yeah, it's so it's a it's a really interesting dynamic that the journalists have to tread through on that. All right, well let's get away from the West Tigers and let's let's start talking a bit of cricket. Six hundred and eighty runs required by Stephen Peter Devereux-Smith to make uh, the fourth Australian to score 10,000 test runs. He's got five tests this summer. We've got Spart, who's asked the question. Tristan at Top Sports going to frame the market. Do you think he can do it, Glenn? Jimmy, I've got three words for you for the Australian cricketers this summer. Cash in summer. I think this really <laughs> will be uh, with the Pakistanis. Australia hasn't been beaten by Pakistan since 2014. Pakistan hasn't won in Australia since 1995, and I, I think they're going to do it pretty tough again. You know, in the last couple of days, Steve Smith has put his hand up and said, you know what, I haven't been happy with my form in, at the, in the Red Bull game over the last couple of seasons. My game's probably not where it should be. That, to me, sounds alarm bells for, for the Pakistan attack. I, I think I'm not too sure what... Uh, what we're going to get in odds here, Jimmy, but I think um, you can almost write your, t- your own ticket. That's that's my call. 680 runs. I, I well and truly think he can do it. I think the Australians, a few summers ago, the biggest issue they had, if you batted below or, let, or under five in the batting lineup, you were lucky to get a bat this summer or, or that summer. I think that could be a case here again. I think this top order is going to fire and are going to score plenty. And, and that's the other thing, right? In those five test matches, you might only get one bat yeah. in the test match. So most definitely. You got you get then you're going oh well that's that's not such a stretch but um, if you're only getting five innings that could be I thought you were going to go all Graham Gooch on us in the three words were fill your boots Gucci <laughs> not quite fill your boots but uh, cash in some look I, I think it's going to be um, not just Steve Smith and we've had there's been obviously so much talk about about Davy Warner should he or shouldn't he get the farewell toast all this kind of stuff. I think this just lines up for him as well to have a have a big finish for what could potentially be his his um uh, his last three test matches. He will go in with the steeliest of resolves he has ever had. He will want nothing more than to finish this um this series against Pakistan on a high. And you know I, I'm reasonably confident that um that Davey's going to cash in as well. Okay. Um, okay. So if that's the case, so it doesn't fill us with a great deal of optimism for for the test series that's coming up. Do we find uh, any positive in this? I, 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 first of all, are you in favour of David Warner getting the send off at the SCG that uh, basically has dominated the lead up to this test summer? Yeah, I think going back with all the discussion around this, if we go back to that press conference that he had over there in England, he was really careful how he how he chose his words and. You know, he, he didn't say that I'm I'm retiring here and this is what I want. He, and he did preface a lot of the conversation with, and look, he was very smart about the way he did it as well, but he prefaced it with, you know, if I'm good enough, I'm scoring the runs and if the selectors will allow me, this is what I would like to do. Uh, you know, 50 over cricket is not test cricket. Um, his form 
in the World Cup was outstanding. If you look at his numbers in Test cricket, it, it hasn't been great over the last couple of years. And really, you take out that uh, the 200 he scored in Melbourne last summer, it, uh, I think he only scored about another 170 across the rest of the Test series. So, look, it, it hasn't been great. Give him Perth Test. I think he'll score runs there. As long as he... As long as he aims up in that first test, he will he will definitely get it. And look, it um, love him or loathe him, and there's plenty in in either camp. Uh, there's no denying what he has done for um, for Australian cricket over the last 12, 13 years. He has. He's been thrilling, and and the audiences. I'll, I'll never forget. So he he came through the Eastern Suburbs Cricket Club. He, he yeah. was a youngster there when I was playing great cricket, and and everyone knew this prodigious talent. Right? Mm-hmm. He was he was amazing, and he walks out to bat having never played for New South Wales for Australia in a T20 game. And he took down a South African pace attack that included Dale Steyn, amongst others, and scored 89 off about 47 balls and just announced himself. I I reckon there was two weeks later, I was at a one-day international at the SCG. There were two elderly gentlemen talking at the back of the member stand. And the guy said, look, I've got to go. I want to go and watch this David Warner bat live. And I thought, yep, that sums up David Warner. And that was at, right at the start of his career. And it sort of maintained that throughout the last, uh, the next decade and a half. Another highlight for me, Jimmy, early on in his T20 career, I remember he played a, a T20 at what was ANZ Stadium there out of the Olympic Stadium. And then, remember when they, they ran the wicket um, east-west? So they had the short boundaries um, down and long on boundaries. David yes. Warner's lined up left-handed. And as the bowler's coming in, he switched to right-handed and whoever the hapless bowler was, he put him up into the grandstand. And I remember sitting in the announcer's booth that evening, just in awe that a bloke can line up left-handed, switch to right-handed, and proceed to put the bowler into the grandstand. He, he changed the way that we, we played cricket, that aggressive style. And he, he took that, you know, that T20 cricket into the longer formats of the game. And, yeah, he will, he will long be remembered for for not just the amount of runs he's scored, but how dynamic he's been with the bat throughout all formats of the match. Uh, the Matraville Mauler, uh, <laughs> not just in name. And so, so the other thing is really, so we said last week for the Prime Minister's 11, well, someone's got to get 150, otherwise yeah. it, it doesn't count. Well, he went close, Matty Renshaw, 136. He scored them at a, a touch under a strike rate of of. 40 runs every 100 balls. Yeah. David Warner has had a decade and a half at test level scoring at 70 runs mm. yeah. every 100 balls. We, and, and that's part of the appeal and, and being the benefit to, well, certainly the Australian team, but mostly to the batsmen standing at the other end. And, and Jim, we've, we've been around long enough to have remembered test cricket through the, the 80s and, and, dare we say, earlier, where we've watched cricket when where batsmen have lost a couple of weeks early and blocked out a session. And yeah. some may call it enthralling test cricket, but for the uh, the kids of today, it may not be very entertaining. But as you say, he, he flipped that. You know, if the ball's there to be hit, he's, he's always been backed himself to hit it. And you should have seen the the, the renaissance of uh, of Travis Head a little bit in more recent times. You know, he was dropped out of the test, t- test side. He got back into the test team under... Justin Langer and, and JL said, I mean, if it's the balls and the stumps, block it. If it's not, hit it. And that's been that's been Travis's head Travis Head's approach to test cricket test cricket batting as well. Yeah, absolutely.
Hey, Glenn, we're going to get ourselves to a break. After that, well, I want to talk about some BBL too because uh, there have been some interesting results, a couple of no results for, for different reasons during the course of this BBL summer as well. So stick around. Glenn Hawke, our special guest. We're going to get ourselves to a break. You're listening to Afternoons on SEN. Welcome back to the program. Afternoons on SEN. Get in contact with the program, 0457 736 736. Lots have. Uh, we've got our special guest, Glenn Hawke, who you're going to hear. I think it's next. Is it next Friday you're hosting the afternoons program, Glenn? Debuting, uh, sitting in the chair by myself uh, next Friday afternoon. Yeah, so looking forward to it. Uh, what a pity this dismissal of the West Tigers booked. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a baptism next of fire? Thursday. Next Thursday. Anyway, anyway. Uh, now, come on, Amy. Now, this is Amy, our newsreader, who does a fantastic job too, by the way. This comes in, though, Glenn, and this is what you're going to have to – you know, take on, and here's, uh, and this is the listener, the listeners, the listeners. You know, how would I best describe it? We have a diverse group. Uh, let me tell you that, which um, is the best way to on. be, right? Right. Well, we have to accept them <laughs> as they are. I mean, it's very Carl phase of us to be very accepting of it. But anyway, um, Broken Hill Bob, who I'm presuming's at Broken Hill. Uh, come on, Amy, a scorching 37 tomorrow. Not even close unless it's in the 40s. So good on you, Bob. Uh, glad to hear you listening via the SCN app out there at Broken Hill, which took me to then Perth. And I thought, well, I wonder what the weather's like for this test match tomorrow. So 28 degrees, 32 degrees, 33 degrees, 29 degrees. Monday, if we get there, that's going to be 30 degrees as well, which then made me think about the other test matches around the country. And then I was gobsmacked to learn that you, in fact, will be at the MCG and the SCG and the Adelaide Oval and the Wollongabba ground for the upcoming summer. How do you score that one, mate? Oh, Jimmy, I've been uh, the announcer at the SCG for Test Cricket since. Well, my first Test match was 06-07, which, oh, um, which was the farewell test of the great Shane Moore, Glenn McGrath, Justin Langer. So that was my, that was my uh, introduction to Test Cricket uh, ground announcing. And I've been doing the SCG since that time and probably the last 10 years I've been travelling around Australia with, with Cricket Australia um, doing a bit of hosting but also ground announcing with tests one days and, and T20s and I've got to tell you for a cricket fan it's it's a pretty fair gig it's not, oh, a, wow. it's not a bad gig you do have to sit there and watch every single ball of every single test which can get, uh, can get a little bit uh, tough come midway through day four but uh, it, it's not a bad gig so please tell me you've kept the record of how many tests, ODIs and T20s you've done so that when you put your stats up on your Wikipedia page, <laughs> so Glenn Hawke, uh, 103 test matches. I haven't quite done that, uh, but I reckon, I reckon I've got to be getting close to, to maybe 50 tests. 50 tests? Yeah, I reckon I've done close to 50 tests over that. Hang on, if, if you've done it every year since 6-7, have you done every test since then? I've done, through COVID, I missed a couple because of travel restrictions and the like um probably for the first 10 probably first 10 years of that or eight years that i just did the scg so yeah right probably four to five tests most years for the last eight to ten years so yeah it must be around i'll have to do the numbers okay all right well this is you gotta you gotta That's do the homework. numbers and yes and how, many, how many test matches you've been involved in uh now the other the, the other thing is um rather than tell us because a lot of people go who who carries on? But who are the good people? Who like your time with the Australian cricket team? Does it there'd be a little bit of interaction? Who are the ones you go? Gee, they're a nice person. Without a doubt, uh, Nathan Lyon has been has been yeah, the best right. to deal with. Not just dealings with me as well, but you see the interactions that the players have with um, with fans, and 
almost every time the Australians go out on the field, you know, they, they assemble on the, the side of the boundary. And then yep. Cricket Australia has a little kid there, a couple of mascots there holding the Australian and, and the opposition flag. And virtually every time, at least one time during the day, uh, Nathan will go up and just interact with the kid, say hello and make that kid's day. Um, yeah, he would have to be, I think, probably the, probably the best. It's just effort, yep. effortless for him. To, uh, right. to to interact and engage with fans and, and those around him. You know there's a clear and present reason for that, don't you, Glenn? Well, I know he's a good country lad. Country. There you go. There you you go. spotted it straight yeah. away. Spotted it straight away. And good in fact, I am um, young. In Brisbane a couple of years ago, by chance, I ran into Nathan Lyon's mum at, at a, the canteen at yes. the, the Wool and Gabba ground and um, she saw us in our Cricket Australia gear and came up and had a chat to us. And she introduced herself and she said, I want to thank you people at Cricket Australia for looking after my son. And if he yeah. ever gives you any lip or any cheek, you tell him that, you, that, that his mum will be after him. So, yeah, he obviously comes from, from very good pedigree as well. Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, all right, mate. What have you made of the – well, we've had a couple of lost games. Um, BBL, the Thunder last night, it was there for them to win. They did a good job in the – in the field, and they're not so good with the bat. Um, the heat uh, on top of the ladder. The Sixers are travelling along as well. What have you made of the first couple of games of the BBL? Yeah, it's been intriguing, uh, as you said, particularly the uh, the Brisbane Heat, who have been notorious slow starters over the last couple of years. They will be delighted having those first couple of wins. Um, they had Marnus and, and Usman for the first game. Obviously, they won't get much more time in the uh, in the teal of the Brisbane Heat. So they'll be delighted to get those couple of wins. Um, Colin Munro, hasn't he been good with the bat for uh, mm. for the Brisbane Heat? Um, yeah, Thunder, I, I think that'll be one that particularly up against the, the ladder-leading Brisbane Heat, I think they'll be ruining potentially the loss of those two points uh, at the back end of the season. It, I think it's one that they really could have could have won in the end. They, I heard you talking earlier. They needed a player or two just to, to dig in. 152 wasn't a, a it's not going to be the biggest total that they're going to cha- to uh, to chase this year. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, City Sixers though, they've been they've been outstanding. They were first game against the uh, the Melbourne Renegades. They were superb, and the way that they ground out the win against the Hurricanes down there, weren't, they weren't chasing a, a huge total. But uh, Dan Hughes stepping up in game number two to uh, get a half century there was was fantastic. Coming in for Steve Smith, huge shoes to fill, and uh, he did it very very well. So. Yeah, great start for the Sydney Sixers. Thunder, bit of work to do. You need a world-class player to, to win this tournament, I mm. think. And the Sydney Sixers have it in Sam Curran. Yes. Uh, Tom Curran. Tom, Tommy Tom Curran, Curran, yep. I, I'm looking at the Brisbane Heat and I'm like, mm. i tell you what, did you see tall Paul, Paul Walter last yes. night? Did you happen to catch? Mate, what a, he is going to be a crowd favourite up there at the gate. Can you imagine him? Standing at the Story Bridge Hotel, drinking <laughs> schooners with the locals, mate. He will fit in uh, well and truly up there in Brizzy, I reckon. Yeah, and um, look, Matty Renshaw can. He got twenty in, in nearly as many balls last night. He's a guy who can can steer him around the park. He and we've seen him. He can get underway. He can, you know, score at pace as well if required. Colin Munro could be that world class player at the top of the order though for the Brisbane Heat this year. Yeah, he's um he's had a great start. Mm. Hey, mate, we look forward to you on Friday. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Enjoy that. I know you will. The listeners will respond, and if they don't, get stuck into them because then they <laughs> will respond, so, which is what they love, mate. But great to have you on the program again today, and uh, enjoy next Friday, and then after that, enjoy all those test matches you're going to, Glenn. Well, Jimmy, will do, Jimmy. Thank you so much, mate, and um, enjoy your Christmas. 
Ah, uh, yes, thank you. I, I will do that. Glenn Hawke there, our special guest on this Wednesday afternoon. Stick around. We've got the news coming up now. And then after that, we're going to check in with the Western Suburbs Magpies coach of the century, respected rugby league journalist, Roy Masters.